on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The one-two pitch. Fly ball, deep right center field. Back on it is Reyes at the track. He looks up and bounces up off the warning track and into the bullpen. And the Brewers have walked off the Tigers on Memorial Day. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Foley. Five straight wins for the Brewers as they come up with the victory today. They knock off Detroit by a 3-2 score in the 10th. Luis Arias has the walk-off. It officially goes as a base hit. It is a base hit, even though it is a ground rule double in the sense that the ball bounced and went in. It officially goes to a base hit. I, uh, I spoke with Tim O'Driscoll, the Brewers' official scorer after the game, to get clarification on the rule. You can, if it's a home run, you can give more than one base in a situation like that on a walk-off. But if it is not a home run, even if it's a ground rule double, it can only go as a base hit per baseball rules. That's a stupid rule, by the way, because it's more like a home run than it is a ball in play. But, hey, there's, there's your little nugget of information today. Even though it was technically, not even technically, even though it was a ground rule double, it technically goes as a single. I don't think anybody is too terribly worried about it because it is a Brewers win 3-2 over Detroit. If you want to join us, you can uh, do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine and Augie, once again, we see a, a well-pitched game from uh, Corbin Burns. He goes six. He gives up just one run on six hits. Brewers don't do a ton from an offensive standpoint, but they were able to uh, they were able to get the home run from uh, Willie Adamas, which was a big play, and then obviously they were able to come up with the big hit there at the end. Yeah, you know, anytime you go through a win streak, you're going to win games kind of unusually. You, you get games where you you don't swing the bat, you have great pitching, then you get you may not have the great pitching and and uh, and you swing the bat. But you know, you look at today's ball game coming in. You got Corbin Burns, who's one of the premier pitchers in all of baseball right now, going against the Detroit bullpen because it's a bullpen day for Detroit, who's last in the American League in ERA, and they just threw the ball very well against the Brewer hitters. I mean, they didn't walk a lot of guys. They kept they had a hitters, and they really did a nice job and made the Brewers work for it. But again, the Brewer, uh, the Detroit Tigers score, the Brewers answer. Uh, we go to extra innings, and the sacrifice bunt plays big in the ball game. Yeah, it does both on a positive side and a negative side because look, the the numbers, the advanced numbers tell you not to bunt. Your run expectancy goes down when you put bunts down. I know there's people who don't like to hear that, but it's true. The numbers don't lie. Run expectancy goes down. And we saw why when Detroit bunted there in the uh, in the 10th inning. But with all due respect to Keston Hira, guys hitting 133 and he is striking out a ton, not every at-bat and not every individual situation is exactly the same. And people who have listened to this show know that I generally do not like bunting, but I'm not a 100% of the time don't bunt. I'm like 99% of the time don't bunt. And because it was Hira at the plate at that moment, a guy who there's a very good chance that he's going to strike out, and there's not very good of a chance that he's going to get a base hit just based off his batting average and how he's going. It is an opportunity to put the bunt down and it works. So it's kind of I I would 
I would generally disagree with what Detroit did in the top of the 10th inning, putting the bunt down, because uh, A, you're batting in the top, so you don't know how many runs the team is going to score in the bottom of the inning. Uh, but in, from, from a Brewers perspective, the, Augie, this is one of the few times where I'm going to sit here and say, I think it was absolutely the right call to put the bunt down. Well, I think A.J. Hinch was thinking about, let's get the lead. There haven't been a lot of runs scored, so the bunt to get the guys over, and you got the top of your order coming up next, uh, and you, you could hopefully score a run and put the pressure on the Brewers. But I think in the, when you look at the situation on the Brewers' side of the ball, Keston Hero really hit the ball hard today. He struck out his last time, second last time up before he bunted. He struck out on a good, a good fastball up and in. But prior to that, he hit the ball real well. So I think that put a, a question into Craig Council, what do I do in this situation? But you want to execute. You want to apply pressure. And I think when you look at it, he has Luis Urias following Keston Hira, who has put the ball in play. He doesn't strike out a lot. He battles. So I think the situation there dictated what Craig wanted to do. By having Keston go out and really do a nice job of executing that bunt, getting that run over, put him in a situation where Luis Urias, who has put the ball in play, doesn't strike out a lot, puts the ball in play, gives him an opportunity to drive that run and win the ball game, and it worked out well for the Brewers. I guess one of the questions, and it's a we'll never really know the answer sort of deal, would have the, did they need to put the bunt down to win that game? Because it goes, it's essentially a ground rule double, even though it goes as a single. So you're thinking, well, even if the runner's at second, that's going to score a run. However, if the runner is on at second and not at third, maybe the outfield is not playing as shallow as they were, and maybe that ends up being a catch. Like, Augie, that's one of those things that we'll just never know. We won't know if Luis Arias on that exact same moment, if if he would have been able to uh, get the ball down in that spot had the uh, outfield been playing uh, a little bit deeper with a runner at second. But it's kind of a fun conversation to you know reconstruct things and try to figure out what it would have looked like had the runner not been at third. Well, it sure does in this situation when you have Kesson executing that sacrifice bunt, putting him in a situation where you got to put the ball into play. And yeah, if you if you talked about the, the outfielders playing regular depth, which the Detroit Tigers played very deep in the outfield. We saw it with Badu couple times in center field trying to break in for a ball on a, a, some balls that might have been caught didn't get close to him because he, they play so deep and a lot of major league teams do that they play deep avoid the doubles and I think in that situation he might have been able to get the ball but I think the big thing here is you look at what needed to be done and that was executing something to apply pressure to a team that's their bullpen has has not been throwing the ball that well all year long and I think uh, Craig did a great did a great job there of having Keston do something positive and execute that, and Urias has come up many times so far. We've seen him. He battles at the plate, puts the ball in play, and he did that today, and it paid off for the Brewers. 855-616-1620, It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We will uh, we'll break for the news here in uh, just a moment, and then we are going to continue after that, taking you this evening all the way till 6 o'clock. So we've got you for another uh, hour and three minutes, and uh, we can certainly talk all things Brewers baseball with you. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well, and we're back with more after the news, which starts in two minutes here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. The one-two pitch. Fly ball, deep right center field. Back on it is Reyes at the track. He looks up and bounces up off the warning track and into the bullpen. And the Brewers have walked off the Tigers on Memorial Day.
A 3-2, 10-inning win for the Brewers to take the first game of a quick two-game series against the uh, against the Tigers, and they're going to get back at it against them coming up tomorrow evening when it's going to be Eric Lauer against Matthew Boyd. But the Brewers on quite the win streak. They've now won five straight games uh, in their last uh, coming in. They were 7-3 and three in their last 10, so they're playing some good baseball right now. They're finding ways to win. Obviously, from an offensive standpoint, not a great day today, scoring the three runs in ten innings. I do. We'll talk about this later on in the program. I still think it's a little bit startling at times the pitchers that they're facing and the numbers that some of these pitchers have, and then the Brewers just can't do a whole lot against them. So you don't complain too much about a victory. It's it's a win and it's a good win. But we'll get into that coming up uh, later on as well as we do bring back in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine and Augie. The one bit of bad news coming out of uh, Craig Council's press conference, which we'll air here in about uh, 25-30 minutes, uh, we hear that Lorenzo Cain is headed back to the injured list. Uh, that doesn't surprise me after he made that catch running in. They're not he He's the one who basically came into the dugout at that point. He didn't call the training staff out. He started coming in. And when you see a guy like Kane, who takes so much pride in being able to you know, play on an everyday basis, when all of a sudden he's taking himself out of a game, to me that's probably not just a day-to-day sort of deal. That's something that's more significant. So unfortunately for Kane, it's another stint on the injured list for him. Yeah, you, you saw when he came in, he made just, he made a great play on that ball. It was him coming in and Luis Urias going out and he had to make a little adjust, adjustment in his route as he's coming after the ball, made a great catch. But you could tell after he made that catch, he kind of winced a little bit and then you saw him feel the back of his, uh, back of his leg that something had happened and, uh, but he made it, he made the great catch. He understood that. But you, when you make those adjustments on certain times, when you're extending yourself, you make those adjustments, sometimes you, you, you come up with a little bit of a pull, and I think that's what exactly what happened right there. And uh, it's unfortunate because he means so much to this ball club. He's been swinging the bat, getting on base, playing great center field, and uh, he's definitely uh, going to be missed uh, if he has to go on the IL for an extended period of time. When he came out of the game there, that was a really weird moment with the move that was made because what, what you can clearly do in that situation is just bring Jackie Bradley Jr. in and make it a straight switch. It got a little bit more funky beyond that because they took Keston Hira and moved him from first base out to left field. First time in a professional game he had played in the outfield, although he did, he came up as an outfielder. He played uh, outfield a little bit uh, coming up when he was in, uh, when he was playing college baseball. It's just not something that he's done uh, since he's been a professional. So he's out in left field. That required them to move Christian Yelich from left field to right field. Travis Shaw came in to play first base, but they lifted a Visayo Garcia. And if the Brewers would have lost this game today, I can promise you the number one topic of discussion that we would have would be the decision to lift Garcia because Garcia's spot, it came up there uh, in the ninth inning and they ended up using Manny Pena as a pinch hitter in that spot. But Garcia has been one of the top hitters in baseball in the month of May and they lifted him. Augie, I don't take a lot of issue with the with the decisions that Craig Council makes, but I always, you know, when people accuse me of being uh, just a homer and carrying water and things like that, I always make the comment, well, I agree with a lot of what Craig Council does, but not 100%. This goes under the category of things that I would disagree with. I did not love the fact that uh, they lifted Garcia in that spot. It seemed like something that they did not have to do. 
That was definitely an interesting situation, what he, the moves that he had to make, especially when you got Jackie Bradley uh, Jr. that you can utilize in the outfield and keep your uh, outfield very stable and make it a, can, uh, continue to have a really good outfield. It was kind of interesting, uh, the move that he, that he did make and putting Keston out, putting Keston out in left field. And it was interesting how the first batter comes up and he, it's a left-hand hitter who hits <laughs> one of those sinking line drives in left field. And he makes a nice play on it. He made a nice play on that. And everybody else thought there was only two outs. He knew there were three outs. So, uh, you know, a credit to Keston. He made a, not only did he make that a good play there, but he made a great play on a diving stab going down on a ball hit by Grossman in a couple of innings earlier. But it was interesting to see what Craig, it was interesting to see why Craig made those moves. Kind of unusual. I don't know if he was thinking about later in the ball game and keeping things a certain way and getting Travis Shaw, who's going to lead off the next inning up, up there, up to the plate. But uh, kind of unusual. I don't know if I would agree with it. I, I did, sometimes I, I don't understand exactly how his approach was, but I think he was thinking about the next inning and probably had thought about it prior to the Lorenzo Cain issue on what he was going to do. So uh, uh, it worked out well. Keston did a nice job, and, uh, and the Brewers win, and I think that's the main thing. Yeah, and to be fair, Shaw goes two for two. He goes, he comes up with two hits, so he's the guy who comes in in that moment, and, and he does come through. Those two hits don't impact things too terribly much, but he did his job by going two for two, so that's a that's a good thing. Um, and I, I thought it was fun. I believe that Keston was using uh, Garcia's glove. I think Garcia just handed him his outfield glove, and he went out there uh, because you wouldn't think that Hira Hira already has a you know an infielder's mitt. He's got a first baseman's mitt. Now maybe he has to uh, reinvest in an outfielder's glove if they're going to continue to use him out there. You know, you get ballplayers who are struggling, and we all know what Keston here is struggling with at the plate. He's just, you know, today the first two times up, he hit the ball hard and was right at somebody, and those things do happen. And then he struck out on a fastball up and in later on in the game. But, I, you know, when you get those guys, you keep in the ball game, you're trying to think of positive things. And I, I thought the neatest thing, one of the neat things today was Keston out in left field who hadn't played a professional game uh, out, out on the outfield and has to make a, a catch on a sinking line drive and those are three outs and he had that little smile on his face then he goes and executes the bunt and that played big in this ball game because the Brewers were able to score and he reaches uh, uh, base hit to, to right center so you got to think I in there I think of something along the lines as you're trying to keep a guy positive in and keep him in a game and keep him positive and I think when you look at the offensive side the bunt was positive he hit the ball hard today two times at two out of three times at the plate and he played very well on the defensive side so you're trying to do things positive and hopefully he can get out of this little funk that he's in right now and start swinging the bat because uh, I thought he hit the ball hard twice today and didn't have anything to show for it. Brewers get the 3-2 10-inning win over Detroit to open up a two-game series. If you want to join the program, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are live at American Family Field. Back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Burns from the stretch to 3-1. Sharply hit line drive right to Hira, and he falls on the bag to double off Rodgers. Oh, what a play by Keston Hira. A sharply hit line drive. All Hira could do was react, and as he caught it, he fell right onto the bag with the glove. 
What a play! A 3-2 win for the Brewers in extras. It goes 10 here at American Family Field. Brewers take the win uh, against Detroit. They'll wrap up the two-game set coming up tomorrow evening. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting in to the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. All right, let's get our first phone call of the program. Charlie is in Oshkosh. Hey, Charlie, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Matt and Jerry. Um, exciting game. Uh, a lot of close games this year, and it's going to be like that, I think. But um, just getting with the bunt again, I'm glad to see him doing it, especially in the extra innings, especially at home. The old saying is if you're going to use the bunt, you're playing and limiting yourself to one run, but they only need one run to win the game in that situation. And uh, a lot of credit to the Brewers. They depended on Hira and Yelich so much for offense this year, and they um, aren't getting too much from them. And I'll let you two go if you could comment. Am I wrong to be getting very worried about Yelich and his yeah, offensive? Uh, thank you. Yes, you bet, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. Let's, uh, I just want to mention one quick thing about the Bunting because, again, this is one of the rare times. You're not going to hear me say this very often. This is one of the rare times where I was in favor of the bunt. And quite honestly, I'm not trying to take shots at Keston Hira here, but I was largely in favor of the bunt there because here is just he's not he's not making contact with the ball. I mean, he, as Augie has mentioned, his first couple at bats looked okay, even though they didn't come up with hits. But overall, I mean, this is a guy who's barely hitting above a buck thirty right now, and he's striking out a lot. So in that situation, I just felt like. There's a there's a better chance of him helping the team by getting the runner over to third with a bunt than there is with him coming up with a hit. One of the things, Augie, one of the things that's actually changed a little bit. We talk about run expectancy, and it used to be if you had a runner on at second and you bunted him over to third and there were no outs, so then there's one out. The run expectancy, meaning the how many runs you would score, the run expectancy would actually it would drop. Uh, the 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 per, I'm trying to put this in simple terms here. The percentage chance of being able to score one run would go up, but the overall number of runs that you would score would come down with the bunt. That's actually changed a little bit as there've been more and more strikeouts. The run expectancy just drops, period. You actually have less of a chance to score by bunting the runner on to third, even with no outs, than you do when you don't. That's what the numbers say. I know there's going to be people out there who don't want to hear those numbers, but that's those are the numbers. You actually you reduce your chance to score, but Augie, in this situation, even with that, I think it did just make sense to go ahead and move that runner to third. I get a big kick out of you with this bunting situation, and you know, I it's funny because uh, it's a tough it's a tough decision as a manager what you do and how you do it. And I remember when I was at UWM, I'm a I'm a big believer in situations you bunt. I just think what you want to do is you want to make the the defense move around and you want to change the complexion of an inning or do something. I I think at times I think the bunt is very good. That's where I disagree with you. I remember back at UWM with Scott Duffick, 
she was at third base, and he's like you. He does not like the bunt. He thinks it takes away from big innings and scoring more multi-runs. And we actually, we actually had a sign when he'd look in. I'd have to double-touch the sign, and then he would have to put it on. And we used to get in big arguments about it, and I would just say, I think you look at the situation of who's batting and what's the situation that the yeah. game is. And sometimes during that game, it dictates that. When you can just change something that's happening. You're not scoring runs, and you get guys up who are putting the ball in play, and you have a guy who's struggling to do something positive. I think sometimes that bunt can really help somebody, and that's where I believe in the bunt. I think it does help. I think it's, there's a place for it in baseball today. Is it for every every at-bat, or is it every situation? That I agree with you 100%. But I think there's situations that come up that dictate where a bunt will pay off and be good, and like you said, today was a good time for it. It paid off for the Brewers. It didn't for Detroit. Detroit was trying to do the same thing the Brewers were trying to do. It didn't for them. And so uh, I still like the bunt. I think it has its place. It has its place when you're struggling and you've got a situation when you, the, who's ever coming off the bat can put the ball in play. So in that way, I disagree with you, but I think I agree with you at times. It's got to be that situation that dictates to you that you have to do something positive either for that hitter or make that defense move. The second part of his question was, is it time to be worried about Christian Yelich? And I, my, not yet is what I would say. You know, to be determined. He goes one for three today. He's not hitting for power. Like, I'm not even, who cares about the batting average is kind of where I'm at with, with Yelich. He, he's going to be fine. He's going to get his hits. But the question is whether or not he's going to be putting balls into the gap, whether or not he's going to be putting balls over the wall. He had the home run, uh, what was it, in Cincinnati on the 3-0 pitch. He had the triple the other day, and that was good to see. But overall, he is not hitting for power. Augie, I'm not worried about him yet. But if, if, if we're another two, three weeks, a month into the season, and he's still you know, just kind of getting base hits here and there and not hitting for power, I, I think at that point it does become a little bit more of a discussion. Yeah, it's really interesting when, uh, when you talk about uh, about Yelly and the, the way he's swinging the bat right now. I, From what I've seen in the past, Yelly's the kind of guy who really covers the plate well. He hits the ball to all fields. You throw the ball away from me, you'll go the opposite way. You make a mistake and throw the ball medium part on the inside part of the plate. He's quick enough to turn on it. I've really noticed this year so far, they're really ha- pushing the ball on the inside part of the plate on him, really making him very conscious of the ball inside. And, you know, when you're up for a, a pitcher to throw a ball to a left-hand hitter, you throw the ball down over the little part of the plate, that left-hand, that speeds up the bat for a left-hand hitter, and he's going to drive the ball, and Yelly will drive the ball. I think they're trying to elevate on him and keep it in the strike zone and elevate, and that's a tough spot to hit for a left-hand hitter, but uh, it's just going to take some time. They're making some adjustments to him. He has to make some adjustments, but uh, I don't get worried about him. He, he's uh, one of the best players in all of baseball. He's going to make the adjustments. He's going to find out that sooner or later, they're, they're throwing him in a little bit more. He's going to open up. He's going to drive a few balls, and that'll open up the outside part of the play for him. But uh, uh, as long as he's in that lineup, he makes this Brewer lineup better, and I think the hits will come as we go along. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll continue on live from American Family Field moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. No one pitch. 
fly ball, shallow right center racing in is Garcia and Kane, and Kane calls off everybody, makes the catch, tries to throw behind Rodgers at first, but Rodgers is going to be able to scramble back into the bag safely to get back just in time. 3-2, Brewers get the win as they knock off the Tigers today, winning in 10 innings. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. I'm Matt Pauley at American Family Field. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine with us as well. Augie, a text from Doug saying Lorenzo Cain getting hurt too much now, getting to be a problem. Maybe Bradley will start to play better, getting more playing time. If you're just joining us, the news uh, coming out of the Craig Council press conference, which we'll uh, replay for you coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, Lorenzo Cain headed back to the injured list as he is dealing with a uh, with a leg issue. Cain is a little bit older, Augie. He didn't play all of last season. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but at the same time, uh, when when players get to a certain age, this happens. And I really think, I don't think he is all the way kind of recovered, if that makes sense, from basically missing the entire season last year. And the health issues that have gone along with it have not helped either. I agree with you. I, I think coming into spring training, he had a little bit of a problem with that, with the hamstring, and it, it, I think that is the issue. I don't, I don't think he's fully healed, like like you have said. And uh, it, you know, when you extend yourself like that, usually those are things that happen when you're not completely healed, and it's it's just something that that he is such a gamer. He wants to play, and if he's at all capable of playing, uh, he's going to go out and he's going to help this ball club, and he said he means so much to this ball club, but. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think he didn't fully heal, and I think anytime you have an injury like those are, I think they have a tendency to to come back if you extend you're extending yourself. So it'll be interesting to see how long this is, how bad it is, uh, to what degree the injury is, and how long he'll be on the on the IL. But I think a, a healthy Lorenzo Cain, no doubt, is going to help this ball club tremendously, and uh, he plays such a great uh, defense in center field, and offensively, he's been swinging the bat real well. You would expect Tyrone Taylor to probably be the guy that's called back up from AAA. That would be the the, the logical move, and not that that's guaranteed to happen. Uh, people have been paying attention. He was just named the uh, the league player of the week uh, in that AAA league. I, I think it's AAA East. They, they renamed all the leagues. There's not a Pacific Coast League or a Midwest League or anything like that anymore. I think it's, it's a, I got. I should know this. I, I think it's the AAA East that Nashville is in now. Uh, but he was named the uh, the league player of the week. Uh, the question is. It seems like he's somebody that really gets help from being able to play every day, and when he doesn't play every day, that's just it's tough for anybody. But at least for a while, you would think Taylor would probably be the guy who gets called back up. I uh, I think that he's the logical choice, and I think that's one reason they they sent him down so he can play on every day. And he's got a bright future. He's coming so far. When you remember when he came up last year, he had some great moments throughout the year last year in that shortened season where he did just a, a really nice job. And even this year, you see a guy who usually comes in. You see the guy who comes in usually batting late in the batting order. He was hitting third at times because he was swinging the bat so well, even though his average didn't show that he did put the ball in play. So I think he's he's a guy when if you need a guy to come up and and continue to have a good defensive outfield, I think Tyrone Taylor's the guy. He's a guy who's going to has a great future and uh, he could be a very good major league baseball player. Let's go to Gary and Mequon who's given us a call. Hey Gary, you're on WTMJ. Hey, uh, hi, Matt. How you doing? First, I want to give a shout-out to Augie. I'm a 2018 uh, Brewer Fantasy Camper. 
But uh, my question is that this. is awesome. Baseball, baseball rule. Thanks, Augie. Um, I was always under the assumption that when a runner uh, crosses home plate before the third out is made, uh, the run counts. Correct? No, the the runner has to reach for that run to score. It does. Okay, because I was yes. referring to the Javi Bias play. Did you see the Chicago play a couple days sure, ago? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so my question was this. I'm having a little disagreement with my son-in-law. So uh, Bias starts off down the line, and then he turns back to home plate. The run scores. Now, they throw the ball past first base, and Bias goes on. But if they would have thrown the ball to first base, even after the runner scored, and Bias would have been out at first, would the run not have counted? Or would no, it the run would, no, would not have counted. That's uh you have to reach for those runs to score. You could have a bases-loaded situation, and all three runners could come around and touch home plate, and the, the runner is just standing between home and first, and none of those runs would score if you then went and made the play at first. The runner has to reach. Oh, okay. I guess I was picturing, like, Lorenzo King in the rundown, you know, trying to wait for, for the runner to score, and I thought the run counted, but... Uh, so you say he has to be safe for it to count. Okay. He has to reach first. Now, if he, like, like, say he reaches first, but then he takes a big turn and he comes back and he's thrown behind, then the runs would score because he reached first. So at that point, it's a play. But if he doesn't reach first at all, then no, the runs can never score. Okay. That answers my question. Thank you very much. You bet. That's what we're here for, to, uh, to do uh, scoring plays. Right, Augie? I'll tell you what, I'm glad you, I, I did, I, at first I didn't remember, but when I watched the play, because I, I did watch it several times, because I thought it was just wild what happened there, if they'd have just thrown the ball at first base, he's out. And yeah. if you'd have just kept running at him or just ran back and stepped on first base, the run doesn't score. And uh, that was kind of a unique play, but it, I think everybody got caught up in the emotions of what was going on, and, and then all, it all broke loose. And uh, it, when you talk about bias, he comes up with some wild plays, and that was kind of the, one of the wildest I've ever seen. Let's grab one more phone call before we take a break. We've got Tom in Chicago. Hey, Tom, you're on WTMJ. Thank you for taking my call. I was just wondering how you fellows feel. Uh, do you think Willie Adamas was worth getting rid of uh, J.P. Fireisen? Because Fireisen is really tearing it up. You know, he's got two two saves in a couple of days. Yeah, I I like the trade, but I don't like that the bullpen depth was uh, a, tr- a good trade. Each team gains a little something, and each team loses a little something. And you, you can evaluate this trade, and we can sit here and say that the bullpen depth for the Brewers is not as good as it was before. That, that's, a, that's a clear statement. That doesn't mean it's a bad trade. I think you can look and see what Willie Adamas has done. Adamas is really hitting well with the Brewers. He's providing solid defense. He's creating more depth on the roster. Now you're getting more production out of third base because you're able to play Luis Arias over there. I think the Brewers are still going to be able to go out and add to the bullpen. That's generally something they have a lot of success doing. They go get veteran guys who are on final year of deals or on one-year deals, and you get some high-leverage guys, and you bring those guys in during the course of the year. 
in the future years, we're going to watch J.P. Fireisen, and we're going to watch Drew Rasmussen, and we can say, you know what, these guys could have been something for the Brewers. So from a long-term perspective, you'll miss seeing those guys, I think especially Rasmussen, with he, what he was on, projected to do. But, Augie, for right now, I think the Brewers are better uh, with Adamas and what he has been able to do there at shortstop. Well, I think what the Brewers needed, they needed, a stabi- needed some stability in the in the infield, especially like we've talked so many times, you want you got to play defense, and the, the pitching and defense is so important. And having him in that infield, that shortstop, he's that captain in the infield, along with Colton Wong, and it makes you so much better up the middle. And that is going to help you in the long run. And, you know, I, I think you brought it up when the trade was made. The first thing that you questioned, Matt, was what is it going to do when you get rid of JP and Drew? What is it going to do to the bullpen? Because they were really a big part of this bullpen, and how were they going to, what was going to happen? And, and I agree with that. I think that is a big question. And you're, you're seeing Craig Council right now trying to figure it out with Richards and Suter and Boxberger. I think Boxberger is one of the key guys out there because he's been a closer in the big leagues, but uh, you can't argue what Adamas has done for the Brewers. He's been fantastic. He's been a leader. He's brought energy, and when you look at a ball club that 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 you want that, that's the way you're going to play. You're going to have pitching, and you the good pitching you have, and you need defense. Uh, that is so important, so I do agree with the trade. I do like to trade with the defensive side of it and what Adamas has done offensively, but, I, but also I agree with you in that situation that it does hurt the bullpen a little bit and now Craig is Craig is trying Craig along with Chris Hook and and, and David Stearns and Matt Arnold are trying to figure out how are they going to develop that bullpen and I would they make a move I think they're going to make a move anytime they can help the ball club and bullpen will be one area they'll be looking 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauly on air. Uh, we'll get back to some comments uh, coming up later on the program if we have time. But up next, we'll hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council here on WTMJ. Here it is. Swinging and a drive to right. Way back. Brewers extra innings continues. Brewers a 3-2 extra inning, 10-inning win today to take the first against the Tigers. My name is Matt Pauly, coming your way from American Family Field, where manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago. Can you guess? Can you guess what the first question was about? Yes, the thing that we've been talking about a whole lot on this show. Craig Council doesn't like to bunt. He bunted today. The Brewers win the game. Is he changing his thoughts on bunting? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's ironically, it was literally the same, you know, four players that were going to be involved in the inning, uh, with Narvaez on second and Keston up and Louie and Jackie behind him. So, um, yeah, it, it's situational. Um, but I think Keston shows you he's a good bunner. Um, and, and so that I feel like the chance for success on the sack bun is way up with Keston. And I think so that that's a good reason to do it right there. Right, Keston did a lot of little things today to help you guys win, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, you know, played good defense at, at first base. Made made a really nice play in left field um, on a you know on a, on on we're in a place that he you know shouldn't be playing really. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, he had a good day. He swung the bat, hit hit some hit a couple of balls hard. Didn't get didn't get rewarded for it, but and then the bunt's a huge play. In that situation there, what was the switch already made and then you found out after the fact that Lowell wasn't able to go? Is that what happened? Yeah. 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 
Craig, we were actually wondering, because I don't know that we've seen that before, is is the rule that once you tell the umpire what you're going to do, that's it? And you can't. Yeah, we already, we already made this. We, we already made the switch. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I mean, there's, otherwise you'd go back on a lot of stuff. I think, Adam. <laughs> well, if the guy hasn't even made it out there, I thought maybe they'd give you a. Uh, no, that's not, period. I don't like that. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> it's too early to say right now with low, like how long you might be out or. Yeah, it's it's going to be an IL placement. Uh, I don't length of time. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's an IL placement though. Particularly since the trade, how big has Boxberger been for you guys during this string of scoreless appearances he's had? Well, Brad's been a Brad's been valuable from from day one, I think, um, or day four, I guess. Maybe I, I would say, um, you know, he he's like I said, I think he's pitched in a number of different roles, and and again, it's you know, today was his third day in a row. Um, being able to take the ball on that third day is is valuable in itself. Um, and then he's just he's like I said yesterday, just the low heartbeat is, is such a big deal. You know, he's able to pitch in these situations, not phased by anything, execute big pitches, and um, he he's been a, he's been a valuable valuable guy for us. Craig, were you trying to stay away from Devin Williams today, or was he on the yeah. list? Yeah, yeah, no, Devin was yeah, I was Devin was a no today. Is he okay? Yeah, he just just didn't feel good today, so we, we're going to stay away from him. Shaw with a couple of hits today. Obviously, he's been in the slide. You've kind of seen him starting to come around the last couple of days. It seemed he'd been hitting the ball hard, even though he wasn't getting hits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Travis was has been in a slide, a little slump. You're right, um, but he's still he's still going to get a whole bunch of at bats for us, and um, so you know, just it's just keep grinding through it and, and be productive and. You know, he gave us a chance in the ninth there with a with a good, really good base running. I thought after you know getting the ball to fall, just really good base running. So, gave us a chance, and, and he'll he'll continue to be an important player for us. Craig, do you kind of tip your cap to Jonathan's scope uh, to battle Burns that long? And sometimes a guy hits those two long foul balls, and the at bat often doesn't end well for a hitter. But he hung in there. Yeah, he did. I mean, I I thought probably just in a game those he probably had as good of at bats against Corbin Burns for one player as we've seen this year um so give him credit he was he saw the ball well today and he hit some pretty good pitches um and, and hit him hard so that's manager Craig Council I want to kind of put a bow on something that he just said that kind of explains some things but at the same time it doesn't because the the weirdness of Keston Hira going to play left field in that move. So Council came out to make the pitching change, and he was going to make a double switch in that situation. He told the umpire of the double switch. So once once that is said, once that is communicated, that's the move. So whoever's coming out of the game has to come out of the game. Whoever's coming in is in. It's official at that moment. It was it was split seconds after that that Lorenzo Cain came in and basically removed himself from the game. Well, the move at that point had already been made. So there were things that were done that could not be undone in that situation, and that results in Hira going out to play left field because Jackie Bradley Jr. then has to go to center field, and you got Yelich going out to right field. So that, that kind of explains the 
I don't want to say absurdity, but the oddness of Keston Hira going out to left field. At the same time, the move that was initially made before they knew that Kane was out was lifting Viseo Garcia to, um, to, to you know from from a double switch perspective, and that's still the part of the move that I just I don't love. I, I, he is swinging the bat right now in, in such a such a great way here in the month of May, and it's a it's a very close tight game. I want him up at the, at the plate when when you've got the opportunity, and I understand why you use double switches, and I understand why you take guys out of games. I just didn't love that because like his spot came up in the ninth inning, and they ended up going to Manny Pena in that situation as a pinch hitter. Nothing against Manny Pena, but I think we'd all would have rather have seen Avisayo Garcia coming up to the plate in that spot. Now, if you do that, you don't have Travis Shaw in his spot in the order, and Shaw gets the two hits, so everything's connected. Like There's there's a lot of shades of gray on this. It's not just a, a black and white issue because other things are happening, and other you're making the pitching change. What are you going to do? Who are you going to pinch hit? Who are you going to double switch out? There, there's a lot going on. I would have liked to have seen a Visayel Garcia with a bat in his hand in the ninth inning. But the Brewers win, 3-2 over Detroit. And that is the bottom line on this game. We'll go back through it with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 3-2, a 10-inning win for the Brewers over the Tigers pitching matchup. Corbin Burns going for the crew. A bullpen game started by Tyler Alexander for Detroit. Tigers would uh, have an opportunity in the second inning with one out. Jonathan Scope gets a base hit, had a really good at-bat. Victor Reyes then doubles, so runners on at second and third for Akil Badu, who ends up walking. So the bases are loaded in the second inning with one out. Up steps Jake Rogers. Here he comes. Hey, struck him out swinging. Strikeout number three for Corbin Burns. But you get that second out, that's the big one. You still, though, have to get the third against Nomar Mazzara. The pitch. Swing and a bouncer. Should get him out of it. It will. Played by Keston Hira. And the inning is over. Tigers leave him loaded. Inning and a half complete. Burns would uh, lock in after that until the... um, uh, later in the game when the Tigers would score their first run. Before we even get to that point, though, in the fifth inning, we saw a great play made by uh, by Keston Hira. Hira maybe had his best defensive game at first base today. He made a number of plays in the fifth inning. Jake Rogers walks, so he's on at first. Ronnie Garcia attempts to put down a bunt. It doesn't work. He strikes out on a missed bunt, and it brings up Robbie Grossman. Burns from the stretch to 3-1. Sharply hit line drive right to Hira, and he falls on the bag to double off Rogers. Oh, what a play by Keston Hira. A sharply hit line drive. All Hira could do was react, and as he caught it, he fell right onto the bag with the glove. What a play. Yeah, really nice play by Hira. I really think today was his best day from a defensive standpoint at first base. Tigers would take the lead in the sixth inning. Corbin Burns had been rolling along, runs in a little bit of trouble in the sixth inning as Harold Castro leads the inning off with a base hit. John Candelario then gets a single, so runners on at first and second. However, Miguel Cabrera would ground into a double play. Castro goes to third, and that would bring up Jonathan Scope. Castro down the line, he comes, and Corbin Burns coming back, lined in the left center. What an A.B. for Jonathan Scope. 
That's his second hit today. He knocks in a run with two down, and Detroit has a one nothing lead. Do we call it the Scope Revenge Game? Do you have to win a game for it to really be a revenge game? But Scope, he had a nice day at the plate. Another good at bat for Scope uh, against Burns. one nothing Tigers as we go to the bottom of the sixth inning. New pitcher into the game for Detroit is Daniel Norris. He would walk Daniel Robertson. Then Colton Wong would reach on a fielder's choice. Robertson out at second. That brings up Willie Adamas. Here it is. Swinging and a drive to right. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone. Willie Adamas just gave the Brewers the lead. 2-1 going to the seventh inning, but the Tigers would answer new pitcher Trevor Richards. First batter he faces off against Akil Badu. The pitch in the air, deep right. Garcia's back on it at the track. He's going to look up, and it's time. Yeah, home run there for uh, for him makes it a 2-2 game. Jake Rogers then gets a base hit. Uh, Nico Goodrum then strikes out. It brings up Robbie Grossman. Grossman flies out to Lorenzo Kane, where he had to run fast to make the play. That's the play where he ends up injuring himself, and then things get kind of crazy. They take Richards out of the game. Jackie Bradley replaces him uh, playing center field, but then there's a defensive switch where Keston Hira has to go out to uh, left field. Uh, Travis Shaw comes into the game. He is at uh, first base, and a new pitcher in as well, Brent Suter, who gets out of the inning. So it is a 2-2 game at this point. Uh, Suter would be able to finish uh, that inning off. Josh Hader would come on. He would put up a zero in the ninth inning. So that would send it to the tenth. New pitcher, Brad Boxberger, top of the tenth inning. Uh, He would first face off against Willie Castro, who would put down a sacrifice bunt. That would allow the runner, Rogers, starting at second, to move to third. So runner on at third. There is one out in the inning. Uh, Robbie Grossman, though, would then strike out, and that would bring up Harold Castro. One-two pitch. Topper strike. Fastball at 95 at the knees. What a top half of the 10th inning from Brad Boxberger. The bunt didn't work for the Tigers. Might it work for the Brewers? Jose Cisnero comes on to pitch the bottom of the 10th inning. Omar Nervaez starting at second base. Keston Hira leads the inning off by putting down this, uh, the bunt and moving Nervaez to third. So runner on at third, one out, Luis Arias at the plate. The one-two pitch. Fly ball, deep right center field. Back on it is Reyes at the track. He looks up and bounces up off the warning track and into the bullpen. And the Brewers have walked off the Tigers on Memorial Day. With the win, the Brewers go to 29 and 25. The Tigers, they drop to 22 and 32. Winning totals for the Brewers. They score their three runs on seven hits, no airs, and they leave five for Detroit. Two runs, eight hits, one air, they leave seven. Winning pitcher is Brad Boxberger. He is two and one. The loss to Cisnero, he is 0 and two. Home runs, Adamas is seventh for the Brewers. Uh, Badu hits his fifth of the year for the Tigers. Game lasting three hours and nine minutes. Played in front of quite the crowd. 23,917 folks here at American Family Field. We'll come back. We'll preview game at number two, the, f- the finale of the series. We'll tell you what else is going on around baseball as well. That's all coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 
Brewers get the 10-inning win, starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. One final note on bunting. This has been the bunting edition of the program. From the 262, two comments on bunting. One, they don't know how to do it because they'd rather swing for the fence. Second comment, why not bunt into the shift with no one out? Uh, first thing is, I, they do. It's it's harder to bunt now. It's, it just is, and we've heard from Craig Council talking about that. It's it's not an easy thing to do. I think a lot of people just think bunting is easy. It's not. There are guys who are good at it. Keston here is a good bunter. It's uh, yes, they would rather swing for the fences. Obviously, there's a problem in baseball where there's a lot of people swinging for home runs. Uh, but I I think that. Just assuming that it's an easy thing to get done is kind of a flawed premise. Uh, the second thing is, why not bunt into the shift? People who are shifted against are generally like power hitters. And no, if you've got a guy who could put it over the wall, if you've got a guy who can put it in the gap for a double or a triple, no, I don't want them bunting for a single. Uh, there's a, there, slap hitters are not shifted against generally. Around the National League Central, this is what uh, went down. The Reds, they knock off the Phillies by an 11-1 score. Cubs defeat the Padres by a 7-2 score. And then tonight, the Cardinals are going to open up a series against the uh, Dodgers. That's going to be a good pitching matchup. Jack Flaherty goes against uh, Trevor Bauer. Also, the Pirates tonight, they are going to match up against the Royals. Brewers are going to wrap up this quick two-game series against the Tigers tomorrow. Eric Lauer is on the mound. The lefty 1-1, 2.45 ERA. Matthew Boyd will get the start for Detroit. He is 2-6 with a 3.43 ERA, 641st pitch. Coverage at 6.05. I'll talk to you after the game with Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.